It's time for episode 278 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded January 23rd, 2019. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast whose mascot is obviously Big Ben. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the vast and ever-changing internet by my co-host, Dan Morin. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing well. I'm frightened by the ever-changing nature of the internet, though. If it would just settle down for a little bit, I could really get a handle on some stuff. Can you please just chill, internet? It's all we need. Take it easy. You know what else we need? We need to welcome our wonderful guests to my left is a producer and host over on the twit network it's megan maroney hello megan hello micah it is lovely to talk to you all all three of you i'm excited oh we're happy to have you here and to my left is a content creator a knowledge share a freelance digital content creator mr ant pruitt hi ant how you doing i am unbelievable as always what about you guys Fantastic. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for having me. Indeed, and I'm excited to get things kicked off. You know how this works. We've got four people, four tech topics, and we're ready to get rolling. My question for you all, when you consume text-based content online, so this is like articles, reviews, sort of long-form content, how do you prefer to read it? Do you use a service like Pocket to sort of read it later, but also get that extra formatting option? Do you use Safari's reader mode? Do you just straight up read it from the page? What is your method for doing so? Megan, we'll start with you. I straight up read from the page because it's not like I plan to read a long article usually like i'm just browsing around quickly skimming stuff and then all of a sudden i find uh that i've spent the last half hour reading something and not in reader mode which i should because you know there's all the ads flashing in your face and everything but no i just straight up read every time i've used a service like pocket it's just uh it's future me doesn't actually read those those stories at all like they're just, <laughs> like if i ever go back in my pocket i think oh my gosh look at that from 2014 like i really had a plan to read that so no straight up reading from the page which is weird because i do not read novels uh or any kind of nonfiction. i am full on um old-fashioned books no kindle uh no uh e-readers so it's weird, but I think mostly when I sit down to read stuff, I'm not planning on reading. It just draws me in. So I guess that's a testament to the writer there. <laughs> yeah, I um, personally, I find that my disposition is a lot better if I don't read things on the internet just at all, ever. <laughs> uh, but that, sadly, that is not an option uh, because, you know, modern life and or working in this industry. Uh, I, You know what? I, I'm pretty close to, I think, the Megan, what Megan described, which is I generally I'm just sort of clicking around, so I, I'm not really planning ahead. I'm just sort of reading things as they go, so they I don't spend a lot of time using those additional features. And I have the exact same problem, like... Instapaper, which I used for a while, was literally just a black hole to send stories to die. Like, oh, that looks interesting. Let me never read about that. Um, and so I kind of gave up using those read later 
things. Um, I have to say, years and years ago, my uh, my friend and colleague Lex Friedman and I invented a JavaScript uh, a bookmarklet called Read It Now, which was just a button you clicked. And it's like, okay, you can read this article now. He <laughs> thought it was very clever. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, I, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. But um, I do use reader mode a little bit, especially since... Uh, Apple has now enabled you to set it on a site by site basis. So there are definitely a couple sites that I do read where I prefer to, you know, use the reader mode so that it gets rid of all the, uh, the ads and just uh, some of the ads are just overly intrusive. Uh, and it even syncs that list between your, your iOS devices and your Mac. So whenever you go to a specific site, no matter which device you're on, it just automatically loads stuff in reader mode. And, you know, as much as I support advertising for, you know, uh, the bringing in income for journalism, it sometimes just gets out of hand, and there are a few sites that you know, they know. They know which ones. They know who they are. Uh, they just let it get out of hand, and so you know, that's the only way to cope with it. Ant, what about you? Man, I hate to make this so boring, but I sound pretty much like you all. You know, <laughs> I, I just don't plan on reading a lot of the long form stuff. It just sort of happens when it happens. So I don't really see the need for something like a read later and things like that. I used to have those services. And yes, it was just a black hole because I totally hit that button to send it over there and and I would forget about it. But nowadays, if something pops on my screen, I'm reading it directly from the browser or directly from um, Megan Maroney's timeline because she can go on a nice little twit rant here and there. And it just <laughs> gives you several minutes of reading right there. Mm hmm. Thank you. <laughs> so as I mentioned, I do use uh, Safari Reader View most of the time now, but I wasn't for a long time. Um, I also had the issue of putting things in pocket and then keeping them in pocket until they turned into pocket lint, and I just could never read them at that point. Uh, so for me, it I realized that, hey, if I'm going to be into this, then I need to probably read it now, unless I'm super, super, super into it. But for some reason, I just can't read it now, in which case I will actually just text it to myself. Uh, I have just an ongoing chat transcript with myself where I store links and, and maybe a photo that I need to quickly share to something else or what have you. And so I can scroll back in that and see. And I know once it gets past a certain point, I'm not ever going to see it again. So it's like, if you really care about this, then you're going to read it. And if you don't, then it's going to go away and that's fine but there's no reason for me to keep this guilt pile in pocket that's like see all of these things you failed to read you're a monster so yeah i'm letting go of guilt in 2019 i'm recondoing the uh the read it later uh pile and i'm i'm realizing what sparks joy uh thank you all for your answers on that let's go to our next topic which comes from megan uh, I want to talk about Marie Kondoing your notifications. I do this about every, I don't know, every month or so. I'll go through my notifications, get rid of all the ones that that not only don't spark joy, but they spark anxiety and, yeah, some of that pocket guilt as well. Um, but they still get out of hand. I have a very few notifications that are really helpful, and I tend to forget about the ones that are really good. I think about all the ones that I just have totally forgotten about and dismiss all the time. But I want to know, uh, Dan, what are the notifications on any of your devices that you can't live without? 
Oh, I'm so glad that you asked this question because I, my desperately probably should uh, slim down my notifications problem. I'm going to start by calling it a problem. Uh, the ones that I find the most useful, though, um, I really love, for example, Dark Sky is my weather app of choice. And one of the things I really love about it is that it has very tunable notifications. Uh, and you can decide, like, what types of weather uh, do you want to be alerted about? When do you want to be alerted? Like, being able to set thresholds for that var- those various things means that it only tells me, you know, I don't necessarily need to know if it's going to drizzle because, you know, I- I'd be wearing a coat. Like, I'll be fine if it's a little drizzle. But I do want to know if it's going to downpour, right? Like, so... That is a, uh, a difference that, that is important to me. And so I feel like that respects my time. Um, I probably need to slim out a lot of my news notifications, too. So those are the probably the worst offenders. Um, but one of the other ones I actually really like, and it's gotten better, is Apple's TV app. Um, it's learned, you know, to a certain extent, like which shows I watch and it can let me know when there's a new episode of a show that I watch, which is also handy because sometimes I forget about those things because I watch way too much television. Um, so I would pick those out as two of the ones that I really appreciate. Uh, and then uh, this is sort of a homebrew one, but, um, uh, if this, then that the web service lets you send notifications to the app on your phone. And I have it set up so that when my echo has a timer that goes off, it notifies my phone because it has definitely happened that I've either had the volume down too low or I just didn't hear the uh, the timer going off. And now my tea has been steeping for like 15 minutes <laughs> and is terribly, terribly bitter. So at least when my phone and my watch buzz, then I know that the timer is actually up. Uh, the one that I can't live without is my calendar notifications. Um, most other notifications, I, I've gotten to the point where I can ignore them pretty easily or they're just not even turned on at all. And I get a lot of grief from some people online about replying so slowly or this or that. But I, I'm not trying to get caught up in the notification stress and, and feeling like you have to be attached all the time. But it is nice um, to have the calendar notifications to help keep me squared away on things coming up later on in the day or later on in the week and things like that. So I, let's see, back in, uh, 2015, I was diagnosed with ADHD and with that came like a whole host of realizations for things that I needed to do, uh, to sort of manage that condition and, uh, make my life better and help me to get things done that I needed to get done and on all that jazz. And so one app that I can't live without. And so the notifications, obviously I can't live without are do the notifications for the app do, uh, do is this really great thing because if you are sort of predisposed to procrastinate, do doesn't let you forget after you have procrastinated. When you get a, a reminder, hey, you need to take your medicine or you need to do this thing that you popped into the app, you can snooze it, but you can only snooze it for you know a certain period of time, then it'll come up and remind you again. And if you just ignore it completely, then it will remind you about every 15 seconds or however much you set it up to sort of auto remind you. Uh, so it's very helpful because there are times where I might be in the flow and to break out of the flow is not a not a good thing for me to do at that moment. And so I can say, hey, I can't do this now. Uh, remind me in 30 minutes or I mean in an hour or so. Uh, then the app will remind me again. And I could keep snoozing it. But eventually, if, if it's just a situation where I'm sort of just 
ignoring it, then it's going to get on my nerves enough to where I finally just do the thing that's on the on my to do list. So do is sort of a, a necessity for me and is absolutely an app that I would would not be able to function as well as I do without. Um, other than that, I would say so I used to be uh, uh, like full on report everything kind of journalist, which meant that I had to be steeped in news and I had to constantly know what was happening. And there was a helicopter downing in some, you know, some other country than we were going to be writing about it. So I spent a good four ish years of my life, like knowing everything there was to know about news happening all over the world. And that can be kind of depressing and anxiety causing. And so when I uh, moved to work at Mobile Nations, I gave myself permission to just not pay attention to the news as much as I possibly could, like refrain from doing so. Uh, the way that I still sort of keep updated is I really do like the option within the news app for iOS where you can turn on notifications from certain publications. And so I can get a quick little blip of what's happening for the day and different things that have happened during the day. And then if I choose to, I can pop in and read that more. So staying up to date on what's happening is the news app and then staying up to uh, up to date on what I need to be doing is the do app. Megan, any last thoughts on that? Well, I, uh, I'm fascinated. I took notes on all of your, uh, notifications, especially I'm interested in that echo timer, Dan, because I do that all the time. I walk away from the echo and then I don't know when things, uh, have, uh, when the timer's gone off. My biggest one is, uh, one that I didn't expect and I, I understand it's unique to the mother of teenagers, but as the mother of teenagers and not feeling like I want to have cameras all over the house, um, I, have a smart lock and I use the home app to tell me when, and it just notifies me when someone's unlocked the door or locked the door, which is nice uh, just in terms of if I'm not home and I'm not expecting um, anyone to come and go. It just is a little notification. It doesn't, it's not like snooping. And then I can just call my kids and ask like, Hey, why did the door just unlock? Where did you go? Or who just came in? And that that's what, um, that's the one notification that I don't think I could live without. All right. Well, folks, we have reached halftime, which means it's time to tell you about our halftime sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. And you can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. It doesn't matter if you're working on your first server or deploying a complex system because Linode are the folks to go to. They offer the fastest hardware and network with outstanding customer support if you ever need help, and it's super easy to launch a Linode cloud server. Their block storage is available in Newark, Fremont, Dallas, Atlanta, Frankfurt, London, and Singapore, and it's soon to be released in Tokyo. Version 4 of Linode's RESTful API is out of beta and includes an officially supported Python CLI. And right now, Linode is hiring. If you want to learn more and check out what they're looking for, head to linode.com slash careers. Linode has pricing options to suit everyone. Their plans start at a gig of RAM for just five bucks a month, and they've got high memory plans starting with 16 gigs of RAM. And also, Linode has a special offer just for you. As a listener of this show, you can go to linode.com slash clockwise and use the promo code clockwise2019 to get $20 towards any Linode plan. On the gig of RAM plan, that's four free months. With a seven-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose. So, 
Go ahead and give Linode a try today. Linode.com slash clockwise with the promo code clockwise 2019 to learn more, sign up, and make the most of that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, Dan, we are ready for your topic. What have you got for us? All right, well, 2019 kicks off with a new smartphone trend, and that is the foldable phone. And I'm not talking about your old flip phones. Uh, a bunch of different major smartphone manufacturers have showed off either prototypes or more advanced versions of phones with essentially foldable displays, including uh, Samsung, uh, Xiaomi, uh, Huawei, like a bunch of different uh, different smartphone vendors are going into this pretty hard. My question for you folks is, do you think this is just a gimmick this is like the latest shiny bobble that's going to be attached to phones, but not actually be useful. Or do you think that there's actually some real value to this? Ant, we'll start with you. Gimmick. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, interesting. I see no point in a foldable screen. And, and I've seen all of the different prototypes and images and whatnot out there. And I can't wrap my head around a useful use case can you fold your head around your head <laughs> oh man and honestly i am uh inspired to just give that answer too i think for the most part these phones are pretty gimmicky um i understand the idea of sort of being able to tuck in your pocket one size and then you can pull it out and have that small size and then if you wanted to have a bigger size on the go you unfold it and you've got more screen but the way that it's being done is just it ends up looking clunky it's thick it's not if if they could somehow come up with a way to make it look as svelte and feel as svelte as our current devices are and so you could get like an iphone 4s size device that turns into an ipad 10.5 inch size device that's a pretty cool idea but honestly i really feel like this is just a a weird in-between stage before we get to the true future of interfaces which is I feel is going to be augmented reality where we don't have to have this uh, thing that we stick in our pockets where suddenly it is a virtual uh, display that is augmented over our actual reality and we're able to interact on any size of screen that we so choose. And that way, there's no weird token that we have to carry around in our pocket and have to worry about folding and unfolding it because it does just seem to be it's a solution for size and if we don't even have to worry about size, then suddenly you've got this great, uh, great interface. Uh, I agree that augmented reality makes a lot more sense. I mean, if we could get the kind of foldable glass phone that you see on Westworld, for example, like that sounds fantastic. But there, uh, this isn't glass. It's something else that doesn't feel like it would uh, feel good uh, to the touch or look good as, you know, we're, we've gotten used to pretty nice screens. And I don't imagine that any material that can fold like that uh, will look anywhere close to what our screens look like at this point. And it does seem that if that, yeah, I could see the evolution into something that was more like glass, like this is the beginning and it would evolve into something that looked like Westworld. But at that point, it seems like uh, augmented reality would evolve as well. And we wouldn't, like Micah said, we wouldn't need a device at all. We would just have, uh, you know, our, we have holograms. I think you all make very compelling points. I will push back slightly on this and say that I do think that there is value in this idea, more generally speaking, in large part because 
you know, you want the biggest screen that you can get in the smallest device that you carry around with you. And yeah, augmented reality definitely does sort of take a side step around that whole problem. But I'm not convinced how close that is either. So I think this is the first step in the foldable devices. And I agree a lot of these prototypes, you know, they look clumsy. They look chunky. This is kind of not where, you know, this is not what we were hoping for. But that said, you know, the earliest cell phones were also quite chunky and blocky. And it's a, it's always a progression. So I don't know that, like, you know, this will be necessarily the next big thing, and it could just be a flash in the pan gimmick, but I think that there is a compelling argument for some of this. It's just, I don't think we've seen it executed very well at present. So I'm, I'm holding out for that Westworld folding glass screens there, because I think that would be pretty cool. But we're not going to get there without this intermediate clumsy step. So we shall see how it goes. But thank you all for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our last topic, which comes from Ant. All right, because this is a tech podcast, I wanted to ask about sports. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What is this sport? What sport? (laughs) Well, you know, this past Sunday we had football in the NFL, which meant that teams are now ready to go and play in the Super Bowl. Um, If you don't have an interest in watching the Super Bowl, what tech ideas do you propose to make watching this game or any other sporting event more interesting to you? I've seen VR get get implemented recently and it's OK. Um, it still has a little ways to go, but it, it that's a start. And I just want to check with you all. I love this question. Genuinely, I think this is such a great question um, because, you know, I used to be super sort of haha sports what's that and i think that it's for the most like that 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 is an okay like it's a it's a funny joke but also people who like sports i respect that they like sports and that's totally fine and i'm glad that you can find joy in that thing and so that's what i want to say about that for me i do not find joy in sports and it is not of interest to me and as i mentioned before as a person with adhd it's very difficult to watch something that you have no interest in because you would rather be doing literally anything else and you're sort of like a, a a wolf uh in a trap like wanting to gnaw its own leg off because it would rather be doing anything else however uh to to do something interesting with with sports uh stuff that interests me is sort of the like the mechanisms of the body and physics and things like that and so if there was a way to sort of turn on nerd mode for sports where you could see well, the way that this person kicked, like the trajectory and the, the, the likelihood that it's going to make it into the goal, in between the goalposts is pretty high, but it could also, you know what I mean? That kind of thing would be really fascinating to me. And to have like player stats to the point where you know sort of how, uh, their muscle mass interacts with their ability to, uh, to run and catch and those kinds of things. And then to see humans sort of defy, uh, those, those physics laws in a way, I think would make something would make that a lot more interesting and we've already seen a little bit of that with uh you know like the pause and they'll draw over the top of the the game and so it would be kind of interesting to see sort of okay yeah you can watch it this way but give me an option to stream it with some more information tied onto it or even just like artificial intelligence mode where the ai is sort of trying to figure out how the game might go i think it would be really fascinating megan how can sports be more interesting to you that's a great question. Is wine a technology? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Um, I, uh, I don't watch football and, and I did as a kid, um, a lot, uh, and uh, with my dad, um, but I, I don't, um, I don't anymore, but I do watch soccer. Like I want, and I do find, I find it interesting, um, probably because my kids are playing, but I, um, I also find, uh, you know, world cup soccer interesting. And I, and I find, you know, all kinds of professional soccer, um, interesting and my kids are not playing in that. And I think, but I, even then I find that it, it is an attention span problem too. Like, because we have these devices in our hands, I am totally distracted, even watching my kids play, just thinking of something else. So I, I don't have a good answer to this question. Um, but I do think, um, just because I don't like football doesn't mean I don't like sports. And I do, um, I don't know. And I, I, I guess I have, I want to answer this with another question. And I know you really love football and I know you tweet a lot during football games. Like, are you also distracted when you're watching? Like, are you multitasking when you're watching football? Well, I have to correct you. I don't tweet a lot during football games. Um, During football games, my phone is nowhere near me. I will tweet maybe at halftime or something like that. But most of the time when I'm watching, especially if it's my team, I I couldn't tell you where my phone is. I disconnect and I connect to the game. <laughs> okay, so you a tweet about football at other times. Right, Got right. it. Okay, so that answers my question. You're not distracted. It is you're focused. Well, I, it's interesting too. I, I because I think that there is a uh, a relationship there that can be more uh, complementary. I, I don't watch a lot of football, but I do watch a fair amount of baseball. Uh, and baseball obviously is an incredibly stat heavy sport, uh, and so. It is handy and interesting for me to always check, like, look up those stats or, or interesting things that I think of while I'm listening. Oh, when did the last time this ever happened, like, in a baseball game? And so having a device around that I can look that up on is actually kind of enhances, I find, my experience a lot of times. Um, but this is where I think, you know, if you really are looking for a technology to enhance that, uh, I would step away from VR and move to AR, as Micah was talking about for the last question, because I think the ability to sort of just look around a field and have information sort of presented to you on the fly overlaying the game so it doesn't replace your experience of the game, but it enhances your experience of the game. I think that could be tremendously valuable. And a lot of times, you know, the the real estate is at a premium, whether you be watching on TV or whether you're in person, you know, at a game watching something. And like, you know, it can only show so many stats. And so they have to sort of pick and choose. But what if you're interested in something that is not being currently displayed? Well, the ability to pull that up and sort of, hey, like, oh, yeah, I wonder how this guy does with this many, you know, outs and these people in scoring position. Uh, I think that could be really cool. And so usually my, my answer these days is to like, if I have a question about something and I'm often watching with my father, I'll like turn to my father because he's got like an encyclopedic knowledge. <laughs> when was the last time this happened? Oh, that was 1963 in this game. And I'll be like, great. All right. I don't even need the internet for that. But that for sounds the rest like of the me. Who, <laughs> yeah. For the rest of people who don't have that at their disposal, I think technology could really do a lot to improve that experience. Well, to, to, to point at what Mr. Sargent was asking, um, they are working on things at this time to give you a little more of an interactive um, view. I know ESPN has, if they broadcast the game, they'll broadcast in like three different versions. One is a static version that most people will see. Another version is a room full of coaches watching the game and they go through all of their analysis as the game is happening and they're drawing the screen and things like that. And they'll talk about tendencies of the players and so forth. And then actually after the game is played, 
there is another overlay done from, I think it's called Sports Science, where they take a look at different different aspects of the game and pick out particular uh, athletes and go through their body chemistry and go through what makes them so great at what they do or what they can't do and how they can do it. And then they'll do a little experiments to show you why this is so phenomenal, if you will. So they're getting there. Wow. Interesting. So soon I may be watching sports and actually being able to stick around and watch it for a, a long period of time. Uh, Excellent. Excellent answers all around. We have reached the end of another episode of Clockwise, but I've got a bonus topic for all of you. If you could visit any planet in the solar system, no problem. You can go there. You're in God mode. Which would you choose to visit? Megan, we'll start with you. Jupiter, because I would like to look up at all those moons. Mm, that's a good one. I, I was going to go with Saturn because I want to check out the rings. The rings of Saturn. Visiting or staying? Visiting. <laughs> visiting. You don't have to stay. Oh, okay. Uh, I would go back with Mars again because it seems the safest. I don't have to worry about having a storm coat on or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Uh, don't tell me she's not a planet. I'm going to Pluto. I don't care what any of you scientists say. She's she's beauty and she's grace, and I'm going to Pluto. Uh, thank you all for your answers. Dan, we have reached the end of another episode. All that's left is to thank our awesome possum guests. Megan Maroney, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you for having me. And Ann Pruitt, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Appreciate you guys having me on. And Micah, we'll be back next week, but we have just enough time to remind all of our listeners out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.